would encourage the child to get out of their comfort zone even if it even if it's just a little bit they don't have to go way or put themselves way out there like the big thing is baby steps you're listening to the water prairie chronicles a podcast that supports parents of children with disabilities by sharing the stories of individuals who have grown up with disabilities and the organizations available to help parents along the way stay connected with us by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment if you want to join in on the conversation Welcome back to the Water Prairie Chronicles, everyone. Today, our guest is a friend of mine. His name is Praveen Sriram, and I know I'm not pronouncing his name correctly, but I'm going to have him tell you the exact way to say it in just a moment. So, Praveen, welcome to Water Prairie. Thank you. So, um, I start off with all of our guests by having them introduce themselves. So, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, and then I'll follow up with some questions. Okay, my name is Praveen. Sriram and I work at the accounting office at Wegmans and I also work as a cashier. I got my degree in accounting from NC State like 16 years ago and and I've worked numerous jobs since then in accounting and in retail. So I found think I found a job now that's my perfect fit. I would agree working with you. You do a great job in both of those areas. Yeah. Back in April, I had several episodes on the Water Prairie Chronicles where we talked to different people who were autistic or who worked with autistic children. And Praveen and I were talking and we thought it was important that we talked about the importance of friendship for autistic children and adults. And so he's agreed to come on and talk about this with us today. But I want to go back a little bit and talk about your childhood first, if that's okay with you. That is like I was born in the early 1983 in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I lived there for 16, almost 17 years until in the 12th, 12th grade I moved to Cary. I was always a very shy kid in kindergarten and first and middle and grade school people said I like to be by myself so I found it kind of hard to make friends back then so when you were um really young before you started school did your parents know that you were autistic at that point they had no idea like they just thought I was very shy Okay. So how old were you when you were first diagnosed? I w- was 15 years old. I remember wow. the date. It was November 16th, 1998. And what, what led to that diagnosis? Who, who started asking questions and why did they ask questions? It was one of my psychiatrists in back in the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. He okay. thought I might have Asperger's. This was in 97. So they did a lot more testing and I finally got officially diagnosed a year later in late 98. Interesting. So, and I, I've met quite a few individuals who were older before they were diagnosed. And, um, and I think, I think a lot of times, like you're saying, you might be just, you may just come across as being extra shy or being quiet. And so no one really picks up on on what might be happening, but um, but I'm glad you were still in school. 
when you got the diagnosis because that allowed you to get probably a little extra support than you might have had you been a few years older. So, so I'm assuming then that you were attending regular classes all through school. Yeah, I, I, as far as I know, I would attended all regular classes from K through 12. Then in college, I got special accommodations like for testing and note taking. But I didn't get any accommodations in school. Okay. So was school easy for you or was it more difficult because you didn't have the support? It was more difficult because the I had to, people thought I was neurotypical. So I really struggled in class and mostly got C's in my, in my grades and mostly math and science were my toughest subjects. Interesting. So you ended up going into a math related field but those were your hardest subjects. That's an interesting combination there. Yeah. So you were diagnosed with Asperger's. Now I know that the diagnosis for autism has changed a lot through the years where um, at the time when you were diagnosed, they were using Asperger's. And now I believe that would be a level one. If I, if I under, if I remember it correctly, the way that it is, it's like a level one, two and three, because you wouldn't have needed as much support as someone that had a more severe diagnosis. And, um, and so what I have learned in the last few months as I've been studying this more is that I guess Asperger's is not being used anymore. So, um, but I am meeting people that like, like you who were diagnosed when they were using the term and they do still use the term. So I think, um, parents that are listening, you may not be hearing Asperger's, but when, when we say Asperger's, we're talking about the level one diagnosis today. I think that that'd be the easiest way to, to, to compare them. So, um, so when you, let's, let's go ahead and talk about college first. Um, you said that you had some extra supports in college. So you had, uh, did you have someone taking notes for you or did you have the teacher give you a copy of their notes? How did that work out? I had a personal note taker who volunteered to take notes. I also took my own notes, but note takers notes helped me better than just to look at my own notes since he or she was a lot more detailed than I was. Right, right. And I think it does help to take your own notes, even if, if they're not the ones that you study on, because just the act of writing those notes are, are still good. And we've talked to a lot of different um, guests that have come on with different reasons that, that they've needed accommodations. And that seems to be a pretty common accommodation um, for different reasons. So, um, so those that are listening, we're talking about the college level, but if you have a younger child, it does help to have those those notes for a child who needs some help getting um, getting all the content written down to be able to study. So when you were when you were young, before you knew about about the autism, what were some of the hobbies that you had? You said you were a little more withdrawn. Were there special interests that you had? Yeah, there was like I liked board games, computer games collecting different kind of coins and doing 102 up to 300 piece puzzles. I loved puzzles when I was a kid and I still like puzzles now. Mm -hmm. So, so it seems like patterns have always been maybe an interest for you. Patterns were a big interest and like money was also a great interest, like how to handle money. That's why I, love working with money as an adult. I'm seeing that already with that. So you've got the puzzles, you've got the computers, you've got the board games. There's patterns in all of those. 
and then you have the numbers now. So, um, so and and from what I'm hearing too, that a lot of times with with autistic individuals, you have those those patterns that are there that 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 go back even before you knew about it, um, where maybe today someone would have picked up on it sooner because they know more about autism. But at the time that you were growing up, it wasn't as commonly recognized. So, um, so you were, you were fortunate to have the doctor there when you did, because I'm thinking, how old were you going to be before you knew? And, um, and did it make a difference for you to have a diagnosis? It really did. Like it ha helped me get accommodations, at least in my 12th grade year of school. When I moved from Pittsburgh to Cary, I got some accommodations at Cary High School. Then through college, it helped completely. I got accommodations at Wake Tech and NC State. When you apply for a job, do you disclose that you're autistic or do you not disclose that? I just disclose I have a disability when it asks for self-identification, but I don't disclose it until after, later in the interview when they ask, do you need any special accommodations? It's a question that I've always had whether it makes a difference or not. Um, and I, th I think parents of older children are going to be asking that question too. When do you disclose? And I, th I think your advice is good there to, to wait because it doesn't make a difference of whether you would get the job or not. It's just, but it is fair to the workplace if they're going to need to make accommodations for you. And, um, and depending on where you work, they do have to make those accommodations as long as it's, it's a reasonable request. So when you were young, you were shy and you said it was hard to make friends. Did you have some friends, though, in spite of that when you were young? I definitely had friends. Like right. I had some only like one or two friends. Like in growing up in an apartment complex, I had a close friend named Justin. We got, got along really well and we hung out all the time. I had always in grade school, middle school, and high school, like one, one or two close friends. So I felt like I felt included with those friends. Good, good. And I think, I think that's important for some of our parents to hear, because I know that's, that's always a concern that parents have, whether their children are going to be able to make friends or not. Our main topic today is talking about the importance of friendship for autistic children and adults. So for the next part of the interview, we're going to be asking more questions about friendships in general. So as you grew older, did you find that it was harder or easier to make friends than it was when you were a child? As I went through college, I found it actually easier to make friends because as I grew older, people were more accepting of you, especially in college. Rather, in school, there was a lot of cliques and bullying. But in college, overall, people are more accepting. I think you're right. And I think part of that may be the age itself. You know, you have middle school. Middle school is the toughest for anybody. Even if you're a popular kid, it's still a tough time because everyone's comparing themselves and trying to, to come out look, looking the best. And then high school, sometimes I think, think can be just as bad. But you're right. By the time you get to college, a lot of people have gotten through that stage and they're not as worried now. They can they can find friends that have things in common with them and not worry about how it looks to other people. They're more looking for friendship in general. And um, so I'm, I'm glad you, you were able to share that because I think that's important. 
And as adults, it's probably similar as, as how it was in college. But what I find as, as an adult is it's harder to make those contacts because you're not out in different environments meeting new people. You're, you're in your job, you're in your home, so you're not meeting as many people that way. That's true. What do you think would have made it easier as a young child to make friends? Now, you had some friends, you said, between your apartment building and at school. But what do you think might have made it easier to have made friends as a child? Maybe join more extracurricular activities. I was in some extracurricular activities, actually, like Boy Scouts and karate, but I didn't actually make friends with people that we were just on friendly terms. I'm thinking if I wanted to make friends, I would have to put myself out there and just try to speak to people more, which is not easy for me to do. Well, and, and you're right. So if your personality is shy to begin with, especially when you were younger, that that may have been difficult for you to do. But, um, but I, I think the clubs is a great idea. And I know some schools have like board game clubs, chess club, things like that, where, like you say, you may just have maybe an acquaintance level of friendship, but it's a start. And then maybe you could spend a little more time with one of the friends that you meet just in the club and get to know them a little bit better too. So, so good, good advice there. Um, have you found ways to make friends as an adult but beyond at work? Have you found other ways to connect with people? I go to look at some meetup groups. They have been helpful. And I go to my local library and try to participate in some adult reading programs, which I've done successfully until the pandemic hit. It's been a lot harder the past two years to make friends than before the pandemic. Those are some great ideas. So the meetup groups, how did you find out about those? I looked on meetup.com and you make a profile with a photo and you join, you search for any kind of interest, like for example, like soccer or hockey and you look for clubs that offer that interest and you can join that group if as a member you go for the first time in person or on zoom and if you're comfortable they will let you in the group interesting i i had no idea that was there so that that's that's a link we can put in the notes for anyone that's looking for something like that the so there's all different types of of hobbies and interests that are on there all, all kind of interests from A to Z, anything you can think about. Interesting, interesting. I, I, I like that idea. The um, so, so you've already given us some tips here, but going back to thinking about the parents that, that are listening to this who have really young children, maybe they're just finding out that their child is autistic or they're just questioning, they haven't even gone to have testing done yet. What advice would you give to those parents um, if their children are having trouble making friends or if they think that they they might as they get older, what advice would you give the parents where maybe they could help their child? To talk to their teachers and to, to, to try to find a therapist, somebody to talk to. Maybe a therapist costs a 
some money, but talk to the teachers and see if they, the school offers like some free resources, which many, many schools do nowadays offer free resources for students with disabilities, so for all kinds of disabilities. That's a great idea. And if you haven't listened to some of our earlier ones, we did an interview with the Arc of the Triangle. If you go back and listen to that episode, um, they shared some some resources as well. And um, that that may help you get connected as well, especially if um, the cost of having a therapist is too much. They, um, they, they, they may have some recommendations for you too. Um, so for parents that have neurotypical children who are in school or activities with children who are autistic, what advice would you give those parents on how to help guide their children to make friendships? Try to open up to your peers. It might be hard, but just to say smile and say good morning to people who you pass by. It might be really tough at first, but if you open yourself up, maybe some others will open up back to you. Because yeah, I, th I think it's important that we help our children who are neurodiverse, but also that we help our children that are neurotypical know how to make those friendships. Um, because sometimes kids kids aren't sure why the boy across the room is shy, and they may not know that they can just go over and say say hello, which is an an easy start, but not if you if you are a little bit shy yourself. So um, so those are those are some some good points there. And then um, for the children themselves who want to make friends but haven't been able to yet, maybe they're shy, maybe they're neurodiverse, what advice would you give to the child? To try to challenge yourself because, because life is, can be either very long or very short, depending on how you look at it. It's important to try to get out of your comfort zone like I have did many times. It was not easy but it it's definitely worth getting out of your comfort zone i would encourage the child to get out of their comfort zone even if it even if it's just a little bit they don't have to go way or put themselves way out there like the big thing is baby steps yeah i i i appreciate you sharing all of that because I, I think it's important for our parents to hear but some of our older children may be listening to this too. And, um, and it, I, I think it's encouraging to hear that, that baby steps are the, the way to go because you don't have to all of a sudden meet someone and be best friends, but you start by saying hello, you find something in common, and then maybe, maybe do an activity together if it's something that you both like. So it's just going through those steps of, of getting there and learning how to do that. And I think for some, we have to learn how to make friends. It's not a natural skill that everyone has. So the next part of our interview is what I call everyone's favorite part of the interview, but I don't know if it is or not. We're just going to call it that, and it's our speed round. For those that are listening for the first time, we have a speed round where we ask every, every guest the same set of 10 questions. And the questions have three open-ended questions and seven either-or questions. There's not a right or wrong for any of these. And Praveen, you can always say pass or neither or skip or whatever you need to if you're not sure about one of the answers. And we don't time it. We call it a speed round, but we tried timing it originally and we ran out of time. So, so we decided just to ask the questions. And it, it's all in fun. So like I said, there, there's not a right or a wrong. All right. So the first question, what's your favorite color? It's green. Green. What was the last book that you read? 
It's called make your bed, the little things that you can do to change your life. And who is the author of that? Do you know? It's Admiral William McRaven. Okay, I can I can link that in our show notes too. And what's your favorite holiday? Fourth of July. Interesting. I think you're our first Fourth of July. I'll have to check whenever I run the stats on this. <laughs> All right, so the next seven questions are either or. I'll give you two words or phrases, and you choose one of them. Or if you need to, you can say both or pass. So the first one is cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Batman or Superman? Batman. Ocean or mountains? Mountains. Winter or summer? Summer. Watch a movie or read a book? Read a book. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. And Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. All right. So, Praveen, with the, with the questions that we've talked about, if anyone has a question for you about what your experiences have been or about ideas for making friends, is there a way they can contact you through social media? I have a personal email address. Okay. So what we'll do is um, if you have questions for Praveen, send it to info at waterprairie.com and we will forward that to him. So you can put um, either friendship or Praveen in the title um, for the subject line and we, we will make sure that it, it gets to him directly. And um, so Praveen, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk and share share your experiences with us and your advice for other people. And um, and I think I think it's gonna be helpful for families that are listening to this. So thank you, I, I, I appreciate your time today. You're very welcome, thanks. You've been listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles. Any resources mentioned during this episode will be posted in the description. If you're interested in joining us as a guest, contact us through the links in the description below. Be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. We appreciate your support as we build this resource. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week for a new episode.